Hey, Soul Tree fam. My name is Alyssa. And I'm Tony, and we're the Soul Tree Sisters. So we're really excited to be back for our second book club and our book club series. Again, we're reading Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nidra Glover Tawab. So we've been loving this book, and you all loved it last time we had our book club, which was a few weeks ago. But so hopefully that gave you all time to watch the replay to you know catch up on whatever chapters you needed to read buy the book if you needed it um, so we really hope you all are excited to read along with us this week as well yes um, and we always start our soul tree hangout by checking in um so if you're joining us live let us know where you're tuning in from and also we can check in by letting us know what you are sipping on we here at Soul Tree, we love to stay hydrated. So let us know, Tony, where are you tuning in from and what are you sipping on? Yes, I am tuning in from Washington, D.C. Um, it is summer, so it's still bright outside. There's still light. I'm really happy. The weather was nice, so I actually had dinner outside on the deck of my apartment, and that was so lovely. Um, and I'm sipping on some tea. It's still pretty hot, so I'm still letting it cool down. But this is tea from Calabash Tea and Tonic here in D.C. Um, and this is the Yoniverse one, so this one's good when you're on your time of the month. That's awesome. I am tuning in from sunny San Diego and I am sipping on some guava juice. Ooh. Now that it's getting hotter, um, I'm really um, into drinking like watermelon juice, guava juice. We have a lemon tree on our family's uh, property. So I'm really, in, uh, really in into the juicing. Do mm -hmm. you juice that yourself? No, I did not juice. Wow. <laughs> I did not juice um, the guava myself, um, but it is very delicious. I do um, do the lemon, the lemonade myself. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yes. So comment below where you're tuning in from, your name. If you joined us last week, if this is your first time joining us. Yes, and if you're watching this later, you can also comment in the chat. We always read our comments later on. We love interacting with you all um, during these lives. We do have our cousin Stanley joining in. Hi, cousin Stanley. Thank you for joining us. We are going over our book club. So, Tony, you want to tell us a little bit about what the Soul Tree Book Club is? Yes, so our book club... Although we don't do it very often when we do do it, it is very fulfilling and fruitful. So thank you all for joining us. Um, and so last year, our first book club around this time of the year as well, we did the four agreements. And then this year we are picking up set boundaries, find peace. And this is actually a really good like uh, follow up to the four agreements. She even mentions the four agreements like in parts of the book. So I think it was good that we first started off with the four agreements and then now we have uh, talking about boundaries and how that's important to take care of yourself. Um, I think it's so important, especially right now in the pandemic, like trying to figure out, okay, what's our own boundaries? What's, you know, the boundaries due to COVID? Uh, what are boundaries with work, self-care, all of those things I think is so important. Uh, so that's why we chose this book, because uh, we feel like not only is it so timely of right now when, you know, 
our schedules are changing because, you know, maybe if you're vaccinated, maybe if your work is going back in person, maybe if you're open to traveling again, um, I think it's so important to uh, kind of reevaluate what our boundaries look like, uh, what's important to us, um, and then how we want to move forward. Uh, so I think that's really awesome. And then also May was Mental Health Awareness Month. I know that's like a few months ago, but I think boundaries are really important for mental health as well. No, I totally agree. I want to share a quote that really inspired us to bring this book to the soldier community. And it is the root of self-care is setting boundaries. Can I get a can I get a snap for that? <laughs> and so that's definitely why Tony and I um, wanted to bring this to our social community. Everything we bring to our community is set with intentions. Um, so we thought it would be perfect to discuss boundaries, especially during a time of transition. Um, especially during a new season as well. Some of you might recognize that we are we just had a full moon. So a lot of new relationships, new seasons, and we want to really uh, equip ourselves uh, with that type of self-care. Yes. And yeah, with the new season. So June 20, 21st is summer solstice. So we just entered the official summer season. So you might have felt a shift in energy you might want to create new or establish new boundaries for this new upcoming season. There was also just a full moon. So you might also be reevaluating boundaries when it comes in uh, to your relationship in the moon cycle. Uh, so there's a lot to be thinking about right now. So I think, again, it's perfect to be talking about this. Um, and so just another reminder, our Facebook Live will be up for like what a day two days Alyssa yeah um, roughly 24 hours sometimes I let it go like a little longer <laughs> like 36 um so yeah for about a day you can watch the replay on our Facebook so Sultry Sisters Facebook um but if you miss it and don't get to watch it then you can join our Sultry Sanctuary which is our online membership um and we will have it up on our sanctuary page there as well so um, don't worry if you miss out, just make sure you join our community. Um, so that's really fun. And we have the first session on our Soul Tree uh, Sanctuary page as well. So you'll be able to catch up from mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's, I also wanted to share that we have since then converted our live video to also audio format. So if you're a podcaster, you're on the go and you're into audiobooks, well, we have an audiobook club for you too. So really excited to provide uh, more accessibility when it comes to interacting with us. So that's something also to look forward to. If you are a Soul Tree Sanctuary member, you'll get to listen to this episode on the go. Yes. So try it out. Let us know how you like it. If you like the audio only, or if you really like the visuals of our, you know, animated faces and backdrops. So <laughs> let us know how y'all feel. Um, but yeah, should we get into the book? Yes. So today is episode two, also part two of our book club series. And we'll be focusing on the the types of boundaries, um, specifically um, Nidra speaks of six types of boundaries and then how to communicate your boundaries. I'm really excited about this because we are getting in the nitty gritty. <laughs> yes, so the first week we just talked about like why we chose this book, why boundaries are important um, and a little bit of like how we think our lives can improve with having boundaries. So now this second book club meeting, we wanted to really get into how Nidra defines boundaries, 
um, the different types, like Alyssa said, and then how we communicate around that and the different levels of communication styles and stuff too. So it's really layered. Uh, we'll see how far we get in today. We might have to extend the communication part for another uh, time, but uh, yeah, so the different six boundaries that Nidra uh, mentions is physical, sexual, intellectual, emotional, material, and time. And I'm looking at page 68 of the book. <laughs> so it's in there if you're following along. Um, and so, yeah, there's six. Before this book, like, you know, you know of boundaries, but I didn't realize how specific they can be, honestly. Because um, I think a lot of times people think of physical, sexual, and maybe like emotional boundaries. But I never really thought of like time boundaries and material boundaries as much before. So I did appreciate her breaking it down. Um, and then we can also go through each individual boundary. Um, did you want to add anything, Alyssa, before I start defining them? Um, I, 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 I echo you. I second the fact that I didn't know, um, I didn't know much about intellectual boundaries and time. Those are the two that were very nuanced for me. And I, 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 I layered with emotional boundaries mm -hmm. and physical boundaries. So I, I, I really appreciated her breaking them down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you're following along with the actual book, page 68 is where I'll be reading off from right now. Um, so physical boundaries, uh, examples could be personal space and also physical touch. Um, and so your physical space is like the perimeter around your body. So if you think of, you know, if you like drew a circle around you or like how your arms can reach out, that's kind of like your physical space. Um, and uh, examples of physical boundary violations are, it could be physical abuse, it could be forcing hugs, kisses, and handshakes. Um, that made me think of um, COVID and like, oh, you don't wanna like greet people like physically <laughs> anymore. Also standing too close, that reminded me of COVID of like the six feet apart. Um, another example of a physical boundary violation is like holding someone's hand in public when they're not comfortable with public display of affection or PDA. Um, and also reading someone's journal or another form of uh, personal property that's an invasion of privacy. Um, so when she lists the boundary violations, so like when someone doesn't respect that boundary, I got a clear picture of like, okay, yeah, I do understand what physical boundaries are. And even her definition is kind of broader, uh, where she says even like reading someone's journal, which is yeah, yeah, that really resonated with me. And it caused me to think about um when the last one reading someone's journal and i thought about the physical boundary of like your room or your space when i think about roommate situation um i also like it made me like it flashed me back to like college days <laughs> to where you had roommates or you shared a fridge so it really made me like really dive deep into like when did when do i feel like i had physical boundaries um violated that i didn't deem at the time as physical boundaries. And I would say like in a roommate situation, like the allocated space we were sharing and, and also food. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something I've experienced before too. And like, yeah, not having the language to communicate that with someone of like, hey, like you're kind of eating up more portions of the food than like we agreed upon. Or hey, we like, 
I had all, all the roommates were like, we agreed that we would like rotate cooking for each other. Mm-hmm. And so we'd be able to buy food together and cook that. But then one person stopped cooking with us. So then we're just like, wait, you're eating this food, but you're not cooking with us. So that was an example. And then that last one that she talks about is like reading someone's like personal property. Like I've experienced that before and I was so upset and like I didn't have the language either to be like hey you violated my physical space I was just like that's messed up um and they didn't really understand I was just like how do you not understand this? and I think that also goes into the phone going into someone's phone yeah it's not a journal but it's like the same thing so let us know if you're tuning in live if you resonate with these physical boundaries beyond the um examples that nidra gave in the book and for me it it, it expands into roommates and then this phone y'all you know having a passcode but what do you do when you don't have a passcode so let's tony what do you think when you think about boundaries and physical boundaries when it comes to the phone do you consider it more physical or do you think it's more towards another boundary she's listing i would say physical i guess a little bit emotional too but i would say physical and the or material she talks about material stuff too but it's not like they're taking usually they don't take it away from Mm. it's just like they go through it privately (laughs) um so i've had experiences of like having my boundary violated i've also like I'm just going to be transparent. I've also violated someone else's boundary in the past and went through their phone. You know what I mean? And I wasn't happy with that. Like, and so moving forward for years now, I do not do that because I know what it's like when someone violates my physical boundary with like the phone and like reading through my messages or even just the fact that they want to go through my phone. I'm just like, okay, is there like a lack of trust here? Um, But yeah, I feel like, it's my space and even if i have nothing to hide i feel like just honoring that this is mine same thing as like my home mm-hmm. my room like mm-hmm. this is my space so like i would appreciate if someone respected that so i try to do the same for others um and so i feel like my mindset has shifted <laughs> on that yeah. um because yeah i feel like with digital stuff and technology it does get kind of gray area of like what's public what's not also i feel like i don't know if this is a physical boundary but like my social media and stuff since i have sultry sisters Mm -hmm. even my personal account had been public for many years now it wasn't until recently that i kind of put it on private but then there was a boundary of like people know about me without knowing me and i know as a business and like a public figure or whatever it makes sense so people can understand me and get to know me and then get to know my brand and my organization. But at the same time, it gets gray area when people start to get to know me on a personal level and then we'll just know certain things that I'm just like, oh wait, like I've never brought that up. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you know <laughs> you're making me think of the other boundary she was talking about PDA, like holding someone's hand in public when they've made it clear that they're uncomfortable with public displays of affection. That makes me think of social media and PDA, like showing that you're in a relationship or not in a relationship or, or posting or not with Bay. And I feel like she's talking about like holding hands, but I feel like in the digital age, I think it could expand to boundaries of like when you disclose your relationship or when you want to have a, a physical boundary with like your public, your public um, image and personal image. So I think that's a great thing to think about. Like, let us know if you're tuning in, like how you feel about 
um, physical boundaries within the digital space as far as like relationships um, and privacy. Yeah, because my mindset on this is slightly shifting in the last like few months, but for years, if anyone knows me, if anyone has dated me in that aspect, they know I had, like, I've had a very, I guess, rigid boundary essentially of like, I am not going to post said person on Instagram. I will not tag them. But I had the boundary where if they wanted to post me, they could. I just wouldn't post on my own channel or like my own platform, whatever. And so that's something I communicated with them um, because I didn't like the whole public aspect because I feel like because myself is also attached to a brand and even just like people know about me. I don't know. I just felt it's a lot more personal. Um, so I had chosen to keep that private. Um, like my dating life, I chose to keep it private, but yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, and then, yeah, some people also like, I have appreciated if people wanted to post me, even just friends, if they ask, like, hey, can I tag you in this photo? Or can I at like, you know, can I uh, have you in the picture? Should I crop you out or something? Like even friends, when they ask me that, I appreciate it. Because sometimes, not even if it's a bad thing, but I appreciate just like there's always consent in yes. that kind of thing, uh, which I don't always practice. Because even with my friends, sometimes I assume if they're with me, they want to be in my Instagram video. <laughs> but it's, I think it is a good practice to just always ask people. Mm -hmm. No, totally. That's something I have to get used to as well. I don't think I, I've ever thought of it explicitly how you explained it. And that's very interesting. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So clearly even physical has a lot more. It's so nuanced. It's not the surface. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get into that a little later when we talk about big, big, big B boundaries and little B boundaries. Yeah. So next up we have sexual boundaries, which I feel like people kind of understand this in regards of boundaries in general, but to be specific, um, this includes touching, making sexual comments, or engaging in sexual acts without express consent. So if there's no consent, then that's a violation of sexual mm -hmm. boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, and examples of sexual boundary violations are sexual abuse, assault, or molestation. Mm -hmm. um, and then also comments about someone's sexual appearance. And that could be in person or even digitally. You know, someone is making sexual comments on, you know, posts. Then uh, there's touching in a sexually suggestive manner. And then another boundary violation is sexual innuendos and then sexual jokes as well. So even if someone is joking, but if you are feeling violated, then that can be um, a boundary violation. So I appreciate her also making that more explicit, um, even with the comments and stuff, because especially if we're talking about in the digital age, like people can comment or put like emojis or something. And you're just like, oh, I'm feeling weird. And now you can have a word like, oh, this has violated my boundaries. Yeah, I think it also goes all the way to say, like, even if the sexual joke isn't towards you or the suge suggestive language is not towards you, but even around you. Um, that, that, that can still be a, a violation of your boundary. If you don't want to be in conversation, mm -hmm. um, sexually with people around you that can be in a work setting or not a work setting. And I think it wasn't until I was reading about this that I realized like, again, 
another mm -hmm. spectrum of this uh, category of boundary. Yeah. And one thing she puts is like uh, a few ways to honor your sexual boundaries. She says, one, report sexual misconduct that you experience or witness. And then two, don't make excuses for poor conduct. And I think that's important because I think in my experience, and I feel like for a lot of other like women or girls, it's like sometimes we'll make excuses because of society of just like, oh, that was a joke. So like maybe I'm make, like making it a big deal when it doesn't have to be when it's like, no, like if I'm feeling uncomfortable, then like, then that's it. Like, I don't have to, uh, like make my situation seem less, um, intense as it was or whatever. I feel like just really honoring, like this was a violation. Yeah. I also noticed that, um, um, Evangeline Sultry Mama says, do not comment if it is a negative one. She also noticed some people turn off their comments, but she doesn't know how they do it. Yes. So I think a lot of celebrities or public figures, people that, you know, might even post like sex positive um, photos or videos, they, they might uh, not want to have people's comments, you know, on there too. So whether it is... Um, Whatever the nature of the post, it doesn't matter. But I feel like that is a form of a boundary when we think of like the digital age, like shutting off your comments. And that's okay, I think. Yeah. Or even like deleting comments or reporting comments like through social media. I think that could be like a boundary too. But yeah, definitely turning comments off if you don't want that or even just like not responding. So even if the person's in person, uh, or a text or something, just don't respond to that person. Because sometimes we're like, oh, what am I supposed to say? Uh, but sometimes, like, you just don't need to say anything. Um, and then, of course, if it's something that you feel like you want to report, then report it. But, like, sometimes you don't have to go back and forth with that person of, like, can you stop saying that? Just, like, don't engage, I think, is another thing. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. so any other... I feel like that one's kind of cool. Yeah, that's straightforward. Mm -hmm. So intellectual boundaries is next. Um, so that can be your thoughts and ideas. Um, and so when you express your opinion, your words shouldn't be dismissed, belittled, or ridiculed. And um, examples of intellectual boundary violations are calling someone names for their beliefs or opinions, uh, yelling during disagreements, ridiculing someone for their views and thoughts, um, dismissing someone because of disagreements, demeaning a child's mother or father in front of a child, mm -hmm. and telling children about problems they aren't emotional, emotionally capable of handling. Um, and I thought all of those examples, I never really even was aware of intellectual boundaries before and violations. So all of that was like kind of new to me to have like a name or a framework to understand this. Um, so I found it really helpful that she kind of explicitly states it in this way. Mm -hmm. um, because it's just like, oh, yeah, it's true. Like that, especially with the parent, child or young person and adult and those kind of boundary violations. Yeah. I also like the yelling during disagreements. I would have equated that to physical boundaries because like your senses of hearing, you know, and feeling or even emotional boundaries, I would have put it into one of those categories. But to see it in an intellectual boundary, it's like, oh, right. Like if you're communicating and I mean, I've had po points like to be transparent when I feel like I'm not getting across. So I raise my voice. But when has that ever helped? Right. So I'm like, wow, like these are. I think what's interesting about learning about the types of boundaries, I realized that I have violated 
some of these boundaries because I didn't even know they were boundaries. I thought I was honoring myself like I feel angry, so I'm going to yell. But in fact, yelling during a disagreement is violating someone's intellectual boundaries. So it was very humbling, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially to learn these different things. Because, yeah, I feel like, one, everything is really complex. And there's always a context within all of these things that happen. But, uh, yeah, it does give, like, a framework. And, like, even me, I reflect. And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I have engaged in that. Or, oh, that makes me want to be more conscious, like, when I'm engaging with people to not do these kind of things. Um, And so some ways... She said to honor your intellectual boundaries or if you're a parent, refrain from discussing adult matters with kids. Um, and then to be respectful of people who are different from you. So even the second one, when she says people are different from you, I'm like, oh, that's really. Um, and I feel like I appreciate the way she worded that um, because I feel like that's why disagreements happen sometimes. Like it could be coworkers, family members, whoever, friends. Um, and it's like, okay, if we just honor and like respect that they're different, then we don't have to like go <laughs> toe to toe and like where the yelling starts or you're belittling someone or you're negating their opinion or worldview when it's like, okay, we can like, I guess, agree to disagree or just do it in a more mature way. Um, yeah, that one's still, I'm still, um, <laughs> I'm still being respectful from people, people who are different from you. When I think about in a way of like identity, I understand. Um, I was just looking at it through the lens of like the past year we've had with like the back and forth about, about you know, the pandemic and everything else. So I'm like, oh, I was like, that's interesting. And I feel like last year I felt the even more of a need to create an, an, intellectual boundary and I had no idea I was doing that mm-hmm. if that makes sense like I felt overwhelmed by like all this information and I and like trying to identify like what, what I was going to honor um with the situation and I feel like when I came at peace is when I created my own boundary around it and I think it includes that but I'm like I'm I'm still ruminating like is that it is that not it I'm not sure I'm just kind of sharing it because I'm like yeah. so unpack what that means yeah because last year I definitely had many a conversations with people who you know didn't believe in the pandemic or they support people who didn't believe in the pandemic and would say really hateful speech um so it would upset me and so i would choose to engage in conversation with these people and also when you make that choice to have a conversation it's also a thing of like knowing that like you are now engaging and then you have to you know maintain your own boundaries and anyways i felt like um, I did have intellectual boundaries where like, even though there are people just like, why are you thinking like this? Like, I don't understand. Like, I know you from X, Y, Z, like you weren't like this before. Like I still try to be pretty like respectful, you know, respectful and like neutral, kind of like giving more facts and not necessarily like always my feelings towards this person and just being like, Hey, this is information. Like I work in public health, like X, Y, Z thing. This is what this means. This is what this mandate means. Um, and that helped me navigate, um, some of those situations and not feel like I was being attacked or I was attacking that person. Um, like in the end, I eventually just had to stop engaging because it was just draining. Mm-hmm. But I did feel like the conversations I had were more beneficial in my point of view because 
I wasn't all like heated and just being like, oh, you're a bad person for thinking this or like, how dare you say this? It was more of like, hey, this is the truth. Like I'm trying to like come as a friend. Um, like if I was saying misinformation, I would want my friend to correct me in like a polite way mm-hmm. um, or a respectful way. And like I did it in like a, a message, like either text message or a private DM. So it wasn't like I was like dragging this person publicly or something, you know. So there was different things that I had done to try to make it like both people's boundaries were being respected but I don't know the other side but for me I had felt like my boundary was respected and even sometimes if I felt like it was getting heated or I just didn't want to talk anymore I would just say like hey I'm processing this or hey I'm still um I need time so like can we come back to this conversation later or I'll message you back when I get around to it because like I just have a lot on my mind right now um, yeah. they responded fine. They're like, okay, I understand. They were not like, no, we need to keep having this conversation right now. So I think even just communicating with someone the boundary of like, hey, I don't have the space for this. So can we table this conversation for another time? Or hey, I don't have the space and like, I just can't have this conversation with you. Uh, so I think even those kind of reframing, reframing the conversation kind of helped. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Yeah, because that was a lot for last year. Speaking of all of that, let's segue into emotional boundaries. (laughs) So emotional is when you share your feelings. Um, And a lot of times when you do that, she says it's reasonable to expect others to support you. Um, And however, sometimes that's not easy. Um, And so with healthy emotional boundaries, she says that you express your feelings and personal information to others gradually not all at once and you only share when it's appropriate and you choose your confidants um, carefully. Um, And so examples of emotional boundary violations include sharing much too soon, which is oversharing, Mm -hmm. um, sharing inappropriate emotional information with children. So again, the kind of adult child dynamic, um, emotional dumping or excessive venting, um, pushing someone to share information they aren't comfortable sharing. So maybe you keep like, oh, hey, hey, you know, can you tell me more? Tell me more. Um, invalidating someone's feelings. So if someone does choose to share with you, then you are not supporting them in that moment. Um, telling people how to feel, such as you shouldn't be sad about that or that wasn't that big of a deal. Um, also minimizing the impact of something. Oh, I just said that one. That wasn't a big deal. Um, and then pushing someone to move past complicated feelings swiftly. Um, like a breakup. Yeah, think of a breakup of a friend coming to you for advice. And you're just like, girl, move on. There's more fish in the sea. And she's like, I am depressed. <laughs> you know? More <Yeah>. <laughs> <like>, support. <laughs> and then last is like gossiping about personal details of another person's life, which I was like, I don't think a lot of people put too much in Yes. The last one is what I wanted to uplift in this conversation because I feel like the other ones are very much straightforward. And I feel like this last one is just... I want to. I want to take some time to to unpack this. Um, gossiping about a about the personal de- details about another person's life. I feel like this happens a lot uh, in relationships, and I think one of the examples was like, "Oh, I'm in a relationship that I would tell my partner everything," but that could be emotional boundaries when you have like different relationships that it's um, it's important to respect that relationship by not sharing information about. Um, someone else, um, especially if it's a personal detail. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like sometimes like 
asking the person like, hey, is it okay if I share this? Or or do, would you, I guess you more ask like, hey, do you want this to be kept private between me and you? And I think then you'd get a more general idea if it's something you can share or not. Well, I also think this happens when like, like you're in a group setting, like group friends, you know, it's easy for that to happen. So it's something that I had to reflect on. I was like, okay, like, we think about families, right? Like when we're talking about like mom, dad, sister, brother, I think, I think that is where, cause she, Nidra talked a lot about how family mm -hmm. and relationships is when they get the most uh, muddled. So I thought that was just really interesting. Cause I never, I never thought about emotional boundaries being like, being like that. I just never thought about it like that. Yeah. Cause when I think of it, like through reading this book, like, the line between, you know, describing a situation that like you're a part of and then gossiping, I think the line between that is like, for me, my interpretation is like gossiping is when you're sharing more than is like necessary and like you're kind of putting, and there's like a negative tone to it versus like, oh, mm -hmm. hey, this is what happened. Like I was upset and like this person said this thing, it upset me, X, Y, Z thing. And I feel like gossiping usually is like, oh, that person did this to me. And then now I think it means that it's because this part of their life is not working out and then they're pushing it on me. You know, it's like, I feel like there's more of like a judgment oh, I see. versus just like debriefing. Cause I feel like you can debrief. Of course, you're going to explain details of what happened. Like if there's a discussion between you and another person, if you want to tell your partner, your like romantic partner, I feel like that's normal. But I think when it gets to gossiping is when you're like sharing more than is necessary for that person to understand. And it, and if it, if it, if it paints an image of the other person, an unfair yeah. image that has nothing that the other person is not there to defend yeah. or no longer neutral. It's like telling a story that's loaded versus telling a story. Like I, now I understand. It's like just telling the story plain versus like having it loaded with judgment and you're, yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. so that's a thin line, I feel like it's hard. Because even me, I feel like I have engaged in things where I'm like, I think this actually is gossiping. I'm like, oops. Because, um, you know, it's just, I feel like with our society, especially even with like online stuff, like you could easily like reshare something and be like, oh, did you see what they posted or blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay, is this condu conductive, conducive, whatever, to like a healthy conversation or is it I feel like also gossiping is like when you're like is this even healthy to be talking about anymore or should we just like move on to a new topic um no, I, yeah I think that's interesting because like even um Stanley uh he's asking like what about moms talking about kids to other people um mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I we and then in this book Nija talks a lot about the boundaries of children being violated and that in which conditions us to have these like lack of boundaries, porous boundaries, and that we are reshaping and reclaiming in our adult life. I think that's a really good um, question, Stanley. Um, I don't know, Soul Tree Mama, what do you think? <laughs> She's in the live, we got our mama in the live. What do you feel about, you know, sharing details of children as a mother to other people? I don't know, I don't have, I mean, I think it sounds very straightforward, but I feel like in this book, if I've, if I've learned anything that everything's nuanced and deser mm -hmm. deserves uh, discussion yeah I think it depends like I said kind of like the context of what's being said how it's being said why this information is being shared I think it's also the why like why are you sharing yeah well because it's like also we a lot of times like we talked uh, that's been talked about in these boundaries is like being able to vent we're going to be talking about that later so like when you're venting 
like as you are venting, where do you practice boundaries and the information you share? I think that to me almost is going to cause me to vent less <laughs> and gossip less. If I'm going to practice integrity, I'm like, oh, this is going to make me keep everything in my journal. <laughs> Maybe that's the point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so like so a few ways that she says to honor your emotional boundaries are one, ask people if they want you to just listen or if they're looking for feedback. I think that's like super critical. Like I underlined that because I was like, oh, I think that's so important because for me that had been an area of like, I would get confused with like friends and stuff like, okay, like, am I supposed to give advice? Am I not? But like Nija saying to just explicitly ask them like, Hey, what are you looking for from this conversation? And I think that can kind of help everything moving forward. And I think that helps with the emotional boundary of both parties. Like you're yeah. listening to listen or you're listening to give feedback because both take different types of energy. Um, so I think that was a good uh, advice that, that Nija gave. Mm -hmm. And then she said, number two, share only with people you trust who can hold space for your emotions. And I think that's so important to the discernment of like, okay, maybe instead of getting upset each time you tell someone and they keep gossiping about you or they keep telling you, like belittling your emotions, you know, maybe have that inner dialogue with yourself. Like, okay, this person is not someone I go to for this type of support. Like leave them for something else. And then, you know, a different friend, a different family member, your therapist, whoever that you can trust with sharing this information. So I think- also with boundaries, what I'm learning too is like, it's not even like, you can't just dump it on other people. Like, oh my God, every time I talk to this one friend, like she always says this, but it's like, you have to also reflect back and be like, wait, have I told them, hey, can you please not say this? Or, hey, this is what I'm looking for. So I think a lot of the book is always kind of like flipping it to yourself of like, wait, have I even explicitly stated that this violated something for me? Or am I just assuming? And then now it's building up and it's this big, like dark cloud over this friendship when I could just say like, hey, I prefer to not talk about my relationship or hey, um, I don't appreciate when you give me advice when I told you I was just venting. So I think mm -hmm. also a big thing that Nietzsche also points out is like just mm -hmm. always reflecting back on yourself and like how you can improve the situation. Exactly. And then the, the next boundary, which I didn't, I forgot about when I was talking about the physical boundary is material boundaries, y'all. Um, Material boundaries have everything to do with your possessions, like your stuff. Um, and so some examples of material boundary violations are using things longer than you agree, the time frame, uh, never returning a borrowed item, um, loaning borrowed items without permission, um, damaging a possession and refusing to pay for it, um, and returning possessions in poor condition. I think this is very important because especially like family, you know, I, I've had time. I just think it's important to just, and friends, it's important to state this because for me, I've always assumed that someone is going to bring me back the thing I lent to them in the condition it should be, but it hasn't. And that happens like with friends a lot. And especially me as a choreographer with costumes, I assume that you would take care of the item, but I've had to create boundaries around this item must look like I gave it to you. Don't wash it, bring it back. I don't care if it's stinky. I just don't want it to be damaged. Yeah. So yeah, I had to learn that the hard way. And it was something that it's because I assumed everyone thought what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm like, this book should always say, don't assume to communicate <laughs> and say it right away. Yeah. So I think that's so important. Yeah. Especially this makes me think of college when like 
you're meeting so many people, you're staying in dorms, like, oh, can I borrow this outfit? Or can I do X, Y, Z thing? You're like, sure, why not? And you're like, wait, this is not what I told you to do. Or I've had experience where like someone gave me something and they're like, oh, this is this other girl's. And I was like, did you ask her if I can use it? Like, why are you just lending me something that you lent from someone? So I always felt weird because I was like, wait, now you're putting me in this situation. So I feel like, yeah, this is definitely a common occurrence, unfortunately, of like material boundaries. Um, and, um, some things she says to honor material boundaries are like, don't loan things to people who've demonstrated that they can't respect your boundaries. So, you know, if you've already stated that to them, just say like, no, I can no longer, like you cannot borrow that anymore. Or also she said, share your expectations upfront. So exactly like we just said, be like, hey, you can borrow this, but I'm expecting this thing. Um, it's like right now I'm expecting a book back that's been over a year that I've wanted this one book back. <laughs> and I'm hoping I could get it back. I've communicated that I would really love to receive it. <laughs> it happened to me too. I've lent out a book by Alice Walker, A Hard Times Require Fierce Dancing. I remember the book because I've asked multiple times for it back. So I will definitely be using these tips from Nidra the next time. I would be like the library. Like, I gave it to you on this date. I want it three weeks from this date. And I'm going to start charging a fee because. Right. Or having like, my books. like. I don't own a lot of books because like I travel a lot. So like my library is really curated. So then if I do lend someone a book from my library, it's just like they don't give it back it's like even worse because like i don't just buy it like willy-nilly like i try to get it from like thrifted places and mm -hmm. i don't know it's just it's a lot on me so now i have to know my own boundary like okay maybe i'm just not going to loan people books maybe i'll just send them a link so they can buy yeah. it themselves. like yes and that we'll talk about that later sometimes that's not even setting the boundary it's like the boundary is not even going into that yeah that that, that corridor that hallway yeah. and then this last boundary this is the one that, you know, I just, mm, time, the violation of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time boundaries, here's the tea, y'all, listen to this. Time boundaries consist of how you, you manage your time, <laughs> how you allow others to use your time, and how you deal with favor requests, and how you structure your free time i was like you're like me who me <laughs> let us know in the chat if you feel if you feel some type of way about these time boundaries and how literally it's all about you. yeah i really when i was reading this section i was just like she's talking to me she was like they usually struggle with work-life balance self-care prioritizing their needs i was like that's exactly what i'd be struggling with so uh yeah so she said examples of this if your time boundaries are being violated um it's like if someone is calling you multiple times in a row when it's not urgent and like they're just assuming that like you just have this time for a conversation when clearly you're not trying to talk right now um someone expecting you to drop everything um to help them i know personally very well um <laughs> calling or sending text messages late when someone is sleeping and like hoping that they're going to respond right away um asking someone to do things for free especially in a business we experience this a lot yes yes <laughs> we're like ah, it takes time to do that so yes. for free no <laughs> um over committing so that's on yourself if you're just like yes 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 woman yes 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 man right not mm -hmm. on our boundaries 
having long conversations with emotionally draining people. So that's also like, you know, you're engaging in things that are not helping you. Yes. Um, requesting for favors at a time when it's clear the other person is not available. So they're just like, I know you're working, but can you come by and drop this thing off for me? Don't did you ever get those? I know you're busy, but stop that right there. If you are saying to somebody, <laughs> I know you're busy, but stop, stop, full stop, psh, figure out, don't do it. You already know. Yeah. Also asking someone to stay late at work for no additional pay. It's just like, yeah, for who? Um, and then accepting favor requests from people who won't reciprocate. So if you're just like, yes, I'll do a favor, but then they never do a favor for you. So like, is that really a favor or you're just working? Yes. You're working unpaid at that point. Yes. <laughs> yes. I want to share um, from Jessica, work time boundaries is a huge thing I struggle with for setting for myself. Yes, I I do too. Um, it's, it's especially gotten worse as I started working for myself. Because at first, the reason why I decided to work for myself is because my time boundaries were being um were being violated by my employer. And I was like, never again, I'm not doing this. <laughs> so I think that reading this was a great reminder of like why I wanted to pursue being an entrepreneur, but also why boundaries with self is going to be important in preserving this aspiration to be my own boss. Yeah, I think boundaries with self is really like the underlying roots of like a lot of <laughs> She suggests. <laughs> um, oh, mom says Ooh. I sign up for a class to stop myself from working too much. I love that. I mean, that's a great passive way of setting that boundary. And I think we all should not even passive. That's a very a, like that. That's that's a very action action based mm -hmm. boundary to create. I think that's great. I love that. Um, I might try that myself. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like scheduling your time and prioritizing right. time management. So like if you already know you have, oh, she makes up a dinner date with someone too. Hey. Yes. But um, yeah, so I think boundaries with self is so important. And with time, that's really where it gets into because it's like, okay, am I upset because I don't have time or am I choosing to allocate time to things that upset me. <laughs> just like, okay, how about we read this? Like, um, don't like make time for things that fill you up with joy that you want to do that nourish yourself. You know, of course it's easier said than done, but I think to have that mindset shift to like, I can create my schedule and like, I can incorporate the things in my day that, you know, fuels me and energizes me. Um, and then kind of cut out little by little these other things. I think we can all get to a space of like yeah. better <laughs> with our schedules. And I think last year was a great way for me to set some of these time boundaries mm -hmm. or like not even set them, but experience what it was like to not overcommit, you know, to not be available for favors, literally, because there was a physical boundary. Um, but then with that, with the expectation that everyone was not working, there came the calling multiple times. There came the, you know, sending messages late and s expecting someone to drop everything in order to provide help. So I think it's interesting, like also how last year, not only some people for some and some aspects of my life provided me space to experience certain boundaries, but then at the same time had uh, places where I, 
I felt like, oh, wait, wait, what is this? I don't have the excuse of work. And that's what I realized I was using excuses instead of actually, and we'll talk about that in the next chapter about properly communicating boundaries. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, we just went over the six different types of boundaries. Um, so there's physical, intellectual, um, emotional, material, time. I just missed one. Sexual. Yeah. Sexual. Mm -hmm. Six. Um, we covered a lot. The, the, the recording will be up. If you missed any of those, you can watch your recording. Yes, yes. Back. Um, in, closing, in closing um, chapter four, going over the six boundaries, I want to share a quote. People don't have to like, agree with, or understand your boundaries to respect them. So now that we've gone over the type of boundaries, um, we're going to now talk about the type of um, boundary violate what, what boundary violations look like. Yes, so chapter five. Um, and so she, Nietzsche says there's little B and big B violations. Um, and so these are two different categories. Um, so she says little B or like lowercase B is like micro boundary violations. Uh, so this is on page 80. So there are small violations that often occur in everyday situations um, as opposed to long term. Um, and they're, you're usually not as emotionally affected, she says, uh, but it can spill over into the rest of your day um, if you find it significant. Um, and so they can also accumulate. So micro uh, boundary violations can accumulate to then uh, be more significant later on. Um, if they're repeated or if they're like consistently happening. Exactly. Example is you live in an apartment building. There's a doorman. Doorman never opens the door for you. May seem insignificant, but every day then you see somebody else and then he opens the door, he or she or they, whoever. So that's an example of like a, a, a boundary of like politeness, you know, just yeah. common courtesy. I, I know that sounds like, but it's a violation of like how you, your emotional boundary of being like regarded and acknowledged. Not that anyone deserves to have the door open or whatever, we, what, however you want to um, say it. But I think that's that's a good, a simple example. Yeah. And then big B or capital B uh, boundary violations, or she calls macro um, boundary violations, are big violations that erode the fabric of um, your relationship with the other person. And so these are more like long-term, uh, long-standing violations and the frequency of these macro violations happening can then change um, the relationship and how you feel towards that relationship. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it was, I really appreciated about what Nidra brought up with the little B and big B is she also introduced little B microaggressions mm -hmm. and she talked about like uh, racism, body shaming, gender bias, um, LGBTQIA bias. Um, and I thought that was that was important to acknowledge that like these are bound, like when you feel this way, these are boundaries being violated, y'all. Like you are not, don't let, allow anyone to gaslight you and make you feel like you're overthinking it. You're, 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 you're sensitive. Like, no, like you should be able to go to work and go out of your house and not feel these microaggressions at you. Although they seem small because they're just words and they're not macro and like, they're still violent. 
Mm-hmm. So, exactly. and she says that they're still harmful. Um, and it's uh, an ex- these microaggressions or these aggressive things are um, expressions of a more in depth belief system. So, that's why she said it's still a violation because if someone is saying these things to you, if they have like a racial bias or um, a bias towards your gender or your sexual orientation, then that is from a, that's, there's like a deeper issue in there. So it is still important to acknowledge that you're being violated by like right. what they're saying or what they're doing. And that's, that's, that's the intellectual boundary. Mm-hmm. Calling someone out of their name for their beliefs or opinions or what they look like. So I, I really liked how that had that 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 tie because these are some th- th- things that I personally experienced. So I was like, oh my gosh, thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's so important to like understand that there's little B and big B. So the violations are all valid, <laughs> no matter if they seem insignificant, but they're still important for you. It's still good to address them and to try to communicate that with other people. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, Big B, but I don't, you know, we, we don't, what do you want to, uh, I want to say like, this is like, think about overextending yourself when you feel like in a relationship. When I think of Big B, um, I, a, a lot of... <laughs> flashbacks to my relationship came up like little b reminded me of like work Mm -hmm. and like you know being in public and social uh settings but big big b really thought it it was all about relationships and that's why it makes sense like she's talking she's talking about the fabric of relationship you know is, is changed so i thought that was very um very interesting like you know people say like my house is your house. That's 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 very endearing. But like, my problem is your problem. That's why I feel like that boundary in relationships is like, well, not all my problems are your problems. And think about like, if you're having a bad time at work and you come home and you're just being like, not such a nice person to your spouse. Like that is, by, that's a that's a big B. Like you're taking from from work to home and you're you know exercising that. So I think and to 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 want someone to just automatically let you be that way because you had a day that's a boundary. And I feel like I never really looked at it like that. I thought like, if you love this person or support this person, you're going to allow them to like release, but it's like releasing how you feel is different from lashing out how you feel. So I thought it was so nice to have this put on paper for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really important. And even if they're not lashing out, but like if that other person doesn't have the capacity to take in what you're saying is still a like, mm-hmm. hey, I want quiet time, and then they just want to keep talking. Like that's still a boundary violation, even if it's not like such. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some big B macro um, aggressions that she talks about. We don't have to go into detail, but are like enmeshment. That's kind of what Lisa's saying when like the other person and you or you and another person are like one, and so their problems, your problems, like there's not really a separation of the two individuals um and like there's no personal space um and you have to like think the same way and make the same decisions i think a lot of times that can be kind of like parent child dynamics as the child is growing up to be like more of an adult and the parent is like no this is how we do things this is how our family does stuff yes i think enmeshment definitely is more parent child dynamic for sure once you say that oh girl i see that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then there's no dependency so I think usually 
in society, we talk a lot about codependency in romantic relationships, but this can be in friendships and work relationships and stuff like that too. So um, that's, you know, if you're codependent or think you are from, if you read the book, um, this could be like overextending yourself, mm-hmm. um, cleaning up the mess of someone else uh, for, for, with not, well, what do you call it? For the, someone else, that's not your own mess. But cleaning up someone else's mess. Like uh, at work, like sometimes like I need you to do this. And it's like, that's not in the scope of my my job. Yeah. I think that's codependency too. Mm-hmm. Or if they like have an emergency and then they push pressure on you to solve this problem, like in work or a family situation, you're just like, wait, like I wasn't a part of why something fell off. So why am I the one now has the pressure to make it right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's important and then they also talk about trauma bonding that's like this word or term phrase has been going around the last year especially um she says trauma bonding is a result of emotional and intellectual intellectual boundary violation so over time a person is manipulated into believing that in some way they deserve what's happening to them um and trauma bonding can occur in friendships dating relationships or family relationships i think that's important to um so it's like gaslighting. So making mm-hmm. someone making you believe that everything is your fault, um, or breaking up and then going back to unhealthy relationships because you don't want to be alone. Hello, does anyone resonate with that? Yeah, or if you're like you're bonding over that trauma, of like oh, we're always together, you know, or, or like we've been through so much. How how many have heard that saying? Oh, but we've been through so much. Said, you've been through That's so much bonding. Was that you know is that that sentence wasn't completed? We've been through so much trauma. Y'all need to break the trauma bond. Break away. Take them shackles off your feet so you can dance, girl. Oh, I just want to raise them. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you do a praise dance. Um, Or making excuses for someone's poor behavior or feeling like you can't get out of a toxic situation. So that's like trauma bonding where you're just like, oh, this is just how it is. Or this is just, you know, this is how I know they love me because we're in this toxicity, you know, but you hear that a lot, honestly, in movies and songs. It's so normalized, this right here. Mm-hmm. It's boundary, like how many movies are like based off of trauma bonding and codependency? That whole new And it's supposed to be romantic. That whole new movie with Zendaya with Malcolm and Marie was just trauma, toxicity, unhealthiness, everything. If you want to know about those boundaries, please watch that. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Like, that movie I watched and I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is not healthy at all. Like how, like I did not feel good watching it. I felt like I enmeshed in this toxicity. Let us know in the chat if you have seen that movie or if you have watched any movies that remind you of some of these not so great, uh, remind you of some of these boundaries. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of them. Lastly, for the the macroaggression boundary violation, it's like counter dependency. No, it's like talking about me. It's like rigid boundaries to keep people at an emotional distance (laughs) to others are impaired. And you're trying to avoid connection, even when a relationship is healthy. It's like, <laughs> it's like, how she just know how to describe me in such an accurate way? <laughs> it's like difficulty being vulnerable, inability to ask for help, disinterest in the life. Okay, I'm not disinterested in the life of others. Preference for doing things yourself. 
fearful of being close to others, emotional distance, quickly feeling overwhelmed when people are vulnerable, pushing people away when things become serious, and constant feelings of loneliness. So these are just different things that you may feel. Um, I identify with quite a few of those. Counter-dependent versus co yeah, so those are all, there was a lot to process this week, <laughs> the different boundaries. I thought we were going to get into how to communicate, but there was just so much to go through, so that's fine. We can extend another session to talk about communicating all these boundaries um, and what healthy boundaries and what communicating healthy boundaries can yes. look like. Um, I, mean, I think us communicating healthy boundaries is stopping at our hour's time and respecting everyone's time who's who spent their their evening with us here on the live. So as much as we enjoy diving in to the the, the nitty gritty of this book, uh, we also want to give space to digest the material. Um, let us know in the chat, like any takeaways that you may have from today's um, session. I want to share um, uh, one last um Quote, setting limits won't disrupt a healthy relationship. I think it's important for us to, to reiterate that as we've talked about the different type of boundaries. Um, and, you know, maybe some of you might have go back and be like, wow, I'm in, I'm in violation or someone's violating mine. Um, I just I want to assure you that um, in effectively communicating, which we will go over uh, the next session, um, you should be able to it won't disrupt your relationship if the relationship is healthy in itself. Yes. And so I think so many times, especially with me personally, like there's like anxiety or uncertainty with like, how can I communicate that a violation has happened? But I think if we remind ourselves that like healthy, you know, relationships have boundaries and that's totally fine. And we might be uncomfortable communicating it at first, but it is for the better good, greater good for the relationship for both parties. I think that's really important to know, but mm -hmm. Thank you all for tuning in <laughs> for another week. It's been really, really fun. A big part of of our our summer uh, our summer series is to really connect with y'all and and grow. Like as we go into this next season, this summer solstice. So uh, let us know if you are reading the book. We would love to be tagged. Like tag us when you're reading the book. Tag us in quotes. Let us know um, what resonated with you. We would love to to see uh, how you are reading. If you're reading in a hammock, if you're reading outside, if you're reading in your bed, we're all about soul care and all the above. Yes. So um, again, you know, share, tag us in all your reading, um, all of that good stuff, and then let your friends know. So share with the book club series with your friends. We'll have at least two other sessions after this. Yeah, um, and up to chapter five today. Um, so the next session we'll be doing chapter six, seven, maybe six, seven, eight. Yeah, um, we might be able to get um, all the way there. Um, so. Also, a reminder: this video will be live on Facebook for. 24 hours. I might do 36 just, you know, because we're feeling a little, a little giving y'all some more time. And then after that, 
Um, the video will be available in our Soul Tree Sanctuary. That is our online community where you can you can learn more on our website, soultreesisters.com. If you're not yet, make sure to follow us on Instagram. That's where we are the most live. That's typically where we have our Soul Tree Hangouts. So we're really excited to, to come on here on Facebook Live and interact with y'all. Um, so we look forward to seeing you the next time. Until then, continue to live vibrant and shine bright. Yeah, see y'all. Oh.